Good morning, everyone. Today is Monday, another Monday, October 22nd. And it is oh, just a little before 8.30 in the morning. Getting my London fog ready here. Hope you all had a lovely weekend. I certainly did. It worked out very nicely. Um, got up Saturday morning and packed up my stuff, headed into town, and virtuously went to yoga. Um, my favorite teacher, though not a class that I've been to before. Let's see, I'm juggling a few things because I still have to put the tea kettle on the warmer. warmer. I make enough of the Earl Grey tea, which I steep extra dark. Um, I brew it strong so it'll have a strong flavor in the London fog. And I brew enough for me to have two. One I have with you guys and then one I make after I come back in and get to work. So I have this lovely little Nambe tea warmer that I keep it on, which is one of my favorite things. In fact, it's so much my favorite thing that I went and bought another one because I knew this particular teapot and matching warmer were discontinued. And I found one on like eBay. I found two and I bought one for my friend Margaret who appreciates all things lovely and tea. And then I bought one for me and I put it in the closet for when this one breaks. <laughs> Inevitably breaks. Um, it's something my mom and I joke about because she lives over in Tucson and her house has tile floors, the Saltillo tile, um, which if you picture like a southwestern house with those big square reddish brown tiles, that's Saltillo. Uh, my floor is brick, red brick, done in sort of alternating diagonal patterns. Uh, one reason why we I don't know which comes first, but we, we have radiant heat, too, with the water that goes underneath the tiles and the bricks. So the house heats that way, uh, which is really a real lovely way to heat a house. I almost feel like I couldn't go back. It's just delightful. The only thing is, is it doesn't change fast. Um, it takes like 24 hours for the temperature to change because it's not forced air. So... You sort of take the good with the bad. But anyway, one of the things about living in a house uh, with brick floors or tile floors, um, as my mother says, you do not get a bounce. If you drop something, it's going to shatter. Right? <laughs> There's no, no bouncing. You see something fall and you just stand there and close your eyes and go, dang it. Because <laughs> that thing is just going to be... Every once in a while, miraculously... Something doesn't break. It like hits a, something else first. But pretty much if you drop it, it's done for. So mm, I hadn't even had my first sip yet. That's good. So, yeah. I figured that one day I'm going to drop my favorite teapot or knock it off the counter or something. But I have my backup teapot. sitting out here on the front porch. It's a lovely morning, very calm. Uh, we're supposed to have a big storm coming in, and it is kind of cloudy today again. It was a gorgeous, sunny weekend. And um, 
uh, you know, how when, <coughs> excuse me, when there's a big storm coming in, there's sort of that still moist air ahead of it. It's probably like high pressure or low pressure. I don't know the, the meteorology, probably high pressure. It feels like lots of pressure. Um, so it's very calm and still, and then it's supposed to uh, rain tomorrow. Maybe, I think, even starting tonight. So I'm out on the front porch here watching Jackson prowl in the weeds, and I have my Halloween decorations up. I'll take some pictures of those for you. <laughs> They're pretty funny. They amuse me. I never know which ones I'm going to put up on a given day, though, so you guys are probably like, what? Because I also took... Um, some really pretty pictures of the sunrise this morning. But those are more generic. I didn't... Well, now I have mentioned it. But if I hadn't, I could have just, like, saved that for another day. But it's pretty with the fall colors and the trees and then the sunset colors, too. They make for nice harmony. So anyway, Saturday morning, I got up and I went to yoga, to this class that I don't normally go to, though my favorite teacher. So... <clears throat> I, I guess that's relevant because I really trust her. She has a really seamless way of leading a class. And she's also really great because this is a vinyasa, which I have no idea what that means. It's like all of these terms that I'm sort of learning through osmosis, like an immersion class. I don't really know what it means, but it's, I'm sure it's some kind of yoga. <laughs> See, vinyasa and alignment. But she'll show um, like three stages for each, you know, she'll say, you know, you can do it like this, and if you want to, you could add this, and for the most advanced users, you can do this. And so, or more advanced students, <laughs> funny that I said users. So, um, I was sore. I was sore after the class, especially sore in my triceps, which I figure is great because all I can do to avoid lunch lady arms, right? So I'm going to try to be good and go to that at 8 on Saturday mornings from now on. Getting back into my... I'm feeling virtuous all around. I don't know how much of that is like spending the weekend with Minerva. Because after yoga, I drove up to Taos. Which was... It's a beautiful drive from Santa Fe to Taos. Not all the way. Parts of it are not pretty. Although you can make it prettier if you take longer. But I took the more direct route. But you go through these gorgeous canyons and hills. And all of the cottonwoods are just blazing gold right now. You know, that kind of... Um, I understand why that's a cliche. Blazing gold. Because the leaves have such an intense color to them. That they seem to radiate light. I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah, as if they're lit from within. It's really just extraordinary. And she has this beautiful house in Taos. I took a picture of her kitchen and put it on the blog yesterday. Um, she It used to be a B&B, &B, so it's an enormous house. And I was teasing her because they have so much of it closed off now because it's just the two of them, and they don't use most of it now that they're not using it as a B&B. You know, so she she really, I told her she it's like uh, the people who live in the big manor house and don't want to heat the whole thing and live almost entirely in the kitchen. She lives pretty much in like the kitchen and the sitting room and her office. Uh, and that's, <laughs> she like she has all of these sitting rooms and living rooms and everything that she never goes into. Uh, it's funny. And she also has 
uh, chickens and geese everywhere and dogs. And we sat out on the patio and we had margaritas and we talked, talked a lot about writing and stuff. She always asks interesting questions. She's had her debut this year with Dangerous and then her next book, Barbarous, comes out on the 30th. Um, What is that? A week from tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, we just talked a lot about there are things that you figure out after you get your first book out. Um, It's never as you imagine it would be. And while there are I feel like lots and lots of groups and support for aspiring writers. Maybe because aspiring writers need so much help or you know, aspiring writers also are sort of looking for anything and everything and they're not doing much else besides exactly that. Whereas, you know, like when you're an aspiring writer, you're mostly writing new stuff, refining your stuff, querying and pitching. You know, it's your whole life. And it gets kind of grueling, I know. So if you're doing that, stick with it. Because you, you know, that's how you get there is by persevering. Uh, but when you get your book published, when you finally get an agent and you get an editor and you, you know, you're on your, you've published your first book and you're public, getting the sequel coming out and you're dealing with publicity, then you're doing all of those things that you were doing before. Pretty much. I mean, you're writing, you're revising, and you're still pitching, sadly enough. I know. It's okay. It's okay. Have a sip of coffee. Here, let's all have a sip. It's all right. It's it's better because now you have people who are friendlier to you. But the, the pitching part never goes away. You're always thinking up, okay, what should the next project be? And talking about it with your agent. Your agent's saying, eh, I don't think that's a great idea. How about something else? Uh, I saw... Someone post to my agent's group yesterday saying that her editor wanted her to have like one more trope in her book. And did anyone have suggestions for romance tropes to put in her story? Which I thought was funny. Uh, You know, it's just, so you're doing all of those things. At least you're not querying. That goes away, pretty much. Uh, And your agent handles a lot of that. Your agent handles the submissions to your publisher. In fact, that makes me think of something is every once in a while I see people like submitting to contests um, and they'll say, oh, you know, I I entered this contest because I wanted to get my manuscript in front of this editor. And then they'll casually mention that they have an agent. And this is always completely befuddling to me because the entire point of having an agent is to have the agent handle business like that for you. Yes, they handle contracts and various other, uh, you know, financial and business related things. But a huge part of their job is knowing editors and knowing who to submit manuscripts to you, to, for you. So if your agent is not getting your manuscript in front of the editor you want, there's two reasons for it. Either you have a crappy agent or your agent knows that this editor is not a good fit for you. Um, and and you should make decisions accordingly, not be doing these things where you're kind of going around outside your agent. I have a feeling a lot of the times it's that you have a crappy agent. If your agent isn't doing their job, then you need to get a new agent. And I know that's intimidating and awful and scary. 
and but a lot of writers stay with a- their agents much much longer than they should because they are uh, unwilling to go without the validation of having an agent but really it's like being stuck in a bad marriage you you know you can't wait until you find someone else to be married to uh, before you leave the marriage not all the time sometimes you can you can date maybe you date subtly right date uh, in secret check out other agents see if you like their stuff <laughs> but um, you know don't don't stay in a bad with a bad agent if your agent's not doing their job for you then then why you know then they're not doing their job so anyway we talked about a lot of those things that you figure out as you are a uh, more in the swim and Minerva always asks interesting questions and we were telling stories I have many stories to tell and we had margaritas and out on the patio and then we came in and we watched Galaxy Quest which she had never seen astonishingly so that was big fun and then in the morning we talked more I ended up with three coffees <laughs> uh, which actually did fine on my stomach so I definitely could go back except I'm liking my London fog so well and she made pancakes she also made me this um, wonderful roasted cauliflower with like homemade peanut butter and dipping sauce and ranch dipping sauce and that's sort of what I was getting at before is that uh, because she ran a B&B she does everything so beautifully uh, you know everything is beautifully set up her kitchen is so pretty and she wanted me to apologize for it not being neater on the photo and it's like oh it looks so nice you know so I come back and I think oh my kitchen could be prettier than this but um, she also you know she made me when I got there some uh, ramen with roasted vegetables you know that she had roasted herself and all of this and so I made dinner last night and I feel like I could keep up I need to do a little better with the domesticity things especially things like cooking and she certainly has me all inspired to do that so I came home and got some things cleaned up and dealt with some sales stuff books business stuff that was good to get done and but then this morning yeah I was feeling I don't know maybe it's partly fall nesting maybe it's being inspired by Minerva but I got the sheets changed on the bed since I, I usually usually do that on the weekend and I didn't since the David had dutifully made the bed yesterday so it was made when I got home so I changed the sheets on the bed and I got the, David had put the garbage out I brought the garbage can back in and I filled up the water fountains and the dishes are all done amazingly enough and I'm going to try to do a little bit more about I don't know being good about uh, enjoying the domestic side of things my friend Margaret has been reading this wonderful book by Georgia O'Keeffe well sort of a collection of Georgia O'Keeffe is like how she lived her life Um, she bought it up at the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum and now I'm thinking I really want a copy I should have uh, I would like I'm going to ask for it for Christmas in fact I think I'll put it on my list right now Georgia I'm actually book because people ask me what I want for Christmas and my birthday and so forth and then uh, 
and I never know. <laughs> so it's good if I write it down while I'm thinking of it. Do you guys do that? I always feel kind of funny keeping a list of like things that I want, but I have to get over that. So Georgia Book, I'm going to look for, because Margaret sent me a screenshot of the pages, and I will read it to you guys, because I think it's very interesting about living life. I'm waiting for the bigger image to open up. What is this book called? I think it's called, at least the page header says, Artful Homes and Studios. So she says, one works, I suppose, because it is the most interesting thing one knows to do. The days one works are the best days. On the other days, one is hurrying through the other things one imagines one has to do to keep one's life going. You get the garden planted, you get the roof fixed, you take the dog to the vet, you spend a day with a friend, you learn to make a new kind of bread, you hunt up photographs for someone who thinks he needs them, you certainly have to do the shopping. You may even enjoy doing such things. You think they have to be done. You even think you have to have some visitors or take a trip to keep from getting queer living alone with just two chows. But always you were hurrying through these things with a certain amount of aggravation so that you can get at the painting again, because that is the high spot. In a way, it is what you do all the other things for. Why it is that way, I do not know. I have no theories to offer. The painting is like a thread that runs through all the reasons for all the other things that make one's life. And that's attributed Georgia O'Keeffe, 1963. I just love that. And I think that's very true for me, that um, the writing is always the thread that carries me through. And when I'm writing, I feel good. And when I'm not writing, I'm kind of waiting for when I can write again. And that's not to say that writing is always a delight. Um, I think it was Dorothy Parker who said, I don't love writing, but I love having written. Uh, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. Sometimes the making yourself write, getting to it, and focusing takes overcoming a fair amount of dread and resistance. Something I've talked about a lot. Dread and resistance. And I think yeah, that's just part of the art, too. So here I stand in the doorway of my Santa Fe home, looking out over the valley and the portal with my mug of London fog in my hand. And it's so still and beautiful. So I'm feeling very George O'Keefe. So I think I shall get in and pick up the threads. Hope you all have a wonderful Monday. Hope you have a wonderful week. And I will almost certainly talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.